All right, everybody, welcome to the Purple Friday show, episode 207. As you guys can see, you know, after the 49ers win, you know, it's, you know, it's Ravens gang all day. This is what it is, man. We ran up in, we ran up in there, ran up in there. So stole the Christmas gifts, Zay Flowers and Isaiah like this. Stole the Christmas gifts right from under the tree. Took it back to Baltimore. Number one, yes. number one team in football. I mean, look, I, I came in during the game. I I had my issue. I like in the last pot. I was like, I don't know. They're gonna lose. I think I said twenty eight to thirty. I think they're gonna lose by two points. Ravens went up in there. It was a six point spread. I think when the game started. I think I looked at it yesterday. It was a six point spread at the start of the game. Ravens went up in there. It, it looked closer at the end because they got some garbage touch. They got a garbage touchdown at the end, but yeah. Ravens went in there and just physical, out physical. The 49ers in their in their in their home stadium um, after halftime, the, the crowd was like dead after halftime, dead. And it wasn't even it wasn't even that uh, it wasn't even that like that big of a lead. I think we had like a two point lead. I think we had a two or three point lead going into halftime. But you could just feel the momentum was on that Ravens side. You could feel the momentum on the Ravens side. Then Tylen Wallace gets a punt return in the third quarter, takes it up. He, he, I don't know. He is really good at just getting off, like getting past that first guy, like just either rope spinning past him, stiff arm something. He's good at getting past that first guy. He did it. Uh, Marlon Humphrey played his played his ass off in that game. There was a play they showed in the, uh, um, all twenty two. Where he goes head up with the with one of the I think either the guard or the or the right tackle, head up with him, and forces I think lets Matabike and Travis Jones like make the play in the backfield on Christian McCaffrey, like they were just out physically and everybody Isaiah Likely with the stiff arm, um, Ray Lewis even tweeted it out. He was like that 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 stiff arm's gonna make ESPN. Like Ravens went up in there not afraid at all. Offense defense, they went in there and just did that thing. Um, Lamar Jackson. I think his best play of the game probably was that uh, when they were backed up onto the 49ers logo and it looked like it was going to probably be either a 60-yard field goal or a punt on third down, and Lamar runs it like 25, 30 yards upfield to put it on the 10-yard line. And I don't know if you go to somebody, I think somebody showed a slow it down the video of Fred Warner looks like he's trying to, he's angling to tackle Lamar, and Lamar just, he points at, he points at Fred, he looks like, Fred Warner was trying to get him. He just like just pointed right down. He's like, "Gotcha." He like, <laughs> right. went up to the ten yard line. He ended up making a chip shot field goal. Uh, of course, the touchdown to, to Zay Jones, and then the nice touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. I mean, look uh, outside of some plays like Kittle made. You know, I think Kittle got over a hundred yards on receiving. Um, Christian McCaffrey, I think had I think he had a hundred. Close to 100 on the ground, if I'm not mistaken. He had over 100. 100, 100. And then uh, so did Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk did too. Uh, but it didn't burn him. Um, um, they got five interceptions. Was it five interceptions total? Five interceptions total? Four from Brock and I one mean, from And look, all I heard the last two days, the, all I heard the last two days was it was more about, oh, it was Purdy in the offense you know, getting turnovers instead of Ravens taking the ball away. We said this last week, right? The Ravens was like, look, the 49ers don't usually turn the ball over that much. The Ravens are going to have to force force these turnovers. And that's exactly what they did. Brandon Stevens getting his hand up, getting beat by Debo Samuel. Right? The play before that, Debo Samuel's a great play on the sideline. 
catch the ball in front of Brandon Stevens. Stevens comes up the next play in his flat zone, knocks the ball up in the air. Marlon's right there. Kyle Hamilton's there. No, Marlon's there to get the interception on that one. Kyle Hamilton, who gets gets draws the penalty, who draws the penalty, right? This 300-pound dude's laying on top of him. He gets up and just runs back to where the ball's going to be. Right there, interception. Perfect play. Um, yeah, I mean, all phases of the game, the Ravens just dominated them, man. It was uh, when uh, me and Trey after the game were, you know, talking on the on um, a messenger or whatever, and it was we talked about that that Brock Purdy stinger, the stinger he had. The conversation he was having with Kyle Shanahan was like, "You done? Yeah. You, you threw four picks in this game." You done now. Look, you could argue the two picks, like look at the two of them, they got popped up in the air. But the other two threw one right to Kyle Hamilton. The other one was the pick to be queen. That was kind of tip, but still, he threw it right in his direction, right to people. Yeah. Um, the Ravens just—I mean, they, look for for the Ravens did everything that no other team has been able to do against the 49ers. and I did—they just out physical them. That's what they did. They were like. I think a lot of teams go in either to play the 49ers that you're scared to go physical with them. They're fair to scared to get physical with them. And the Ravens did it. Ravens were like, all right, you guys are bullies, and we're bullies too. We'll call this is AC AFC North football. Y'all in NFC West, y'all not used to this kind of football. As P Queen said it, we play a different brand of football. We play a brand of football that people aren't really ready to play. It is what it is. So I'm like, look. I, I, was, I was I was upset Matty Bega couldn't you know break the record and get his next sack and set the Seagulls set, set the or the 13 game record for most consecutive sacks. Um, but all in all, look Lamar threw the ball I think 36 or 35 times I think ended in that game. Um, uh, I just love the energy of this team, man. I love it. especially that when they celebrated when they got that touchdown. Uh, that was perfect. They had the music queued up. Took the Grinch like. After he did that, I, I, I mean, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was on point. So I, I'm, I, I love what they did, and you know, that's all I gotta say. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? I had to take the ski mask off first. Mine was a little tight <laughs> around my face, but um, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal dominant win. I think the key word that you said was just physical. We out physical the 49ers in every aspect of the game, offense, defense, special teams. I was not surprised about how we out physical out physical them on offense, but it was really, really kind of different to see. I mean, as many problems as this O-line has had in these last few weeks, they had the perfect game plan, which it just took, it seemed like that whatever the game plan was, it took a lot of pressure off of our line and they were just kind of able to, you know, do them. Like, I didn't really see many bad plays. They doubled Bosa a lot, obviously. And Chase Young was kind of a non-factor. I mean, as those guys were rushing, rushing downfield on Lamar, it was just kind of like inviting Lamar to take it back to 2019 on him. It was like he yeah. just full reign of the offense. He was able to, you know, pick his spots. And it's not like he ran for 100 yards. He ran for, I think, 40-something yards or something like that. But it was always on those crucial um, crucial downs where he was able to do that. And that one long run that um, Miles spoke about as far as, you know, when he pretty much, you know, Fred Warner had no shot 
at, at retrieving Lamar at that point. But um, in that play, it was like Lamar's really just toying with, you know, with the defenses at this point. Like he, I don't think we've seen Lamar run full speed one time this entire season. Like he, he's just pretty much taking everything that the defense gives him. And he just pretty much took over the game in a sense where if you look at the numbers, the rushing numbers, we barely broke 100 yards rushing in this game. This was literally a Lamar Ball type of game. Like it was literally everything was in his hands from start to finish. No matter how close the score was, it never really seemed like um, we were in danger of losing this game. The only thing, only moment in this game where we were nervous and were in fear of maybe this might not go our way was when that referee tripped Lamar in the end zone, and then we was like, okay, this the, the fix is in. Something. You know what I mean, this is just not a, a good way to start a football game, but. They, they pretty much rose through the adversity rather quickly, played f- phenomenal defense. I mean, there were a couple of big plays, but the defense was able to overcome, overcome it, and they were able to force them to field goals instead of um, touchdowns and things like that. So it was just a phenomenal all-around team team win. Um, Tylen Wallace, clutch, is coming up clutch we we kept the short field i feel like almost majority of that game in key moments the we we talked about how close the score was going into the half and we knew the niners were getting the ball back i think if you would have asked most people you would have probably assumed that the niners were going to probably go down and score at least that first drive and maybe you know we'll figure it out later on but no we stopped them on that drive we were able to keep them from uh scoring a touchdown and and like I said, we never looked back. That third quarter, it was just outstanding. Like it was just, it was just, it was just easy. Um, we saw the physicalness from Isaiah Likely with that stiff arm. Even Odell Beckham, I seen a couple of clips. He just blew, he just blew the DB up mm-hmm. on a block. Dude just collapsed. Like if you're getting if you're getting this from Odell, these are the leaders on your team. If you're getting this from Odell, like you you can tell what the trickle down effect is. Odell barely contributed in his game outside of you know blocking and things like that he barely contributed he barely had any stats in this game after the game he's probably the happiest person in the locker room that just tells you what type of time this team is on um what the priorities are what the main goal is how selfless this team is um it, it's just it's just good vibes all around and you know we compare the vibes to 2019 and I think it's even like a step up. I mean, 2019, the vibes were were immaculate, but I think the fact that we've been there with this with, with the majority of this group, or some of this group with Lamar, and he's already been down this road, it's like, yeah, the vibes are good, but I feel like they're more locked in than they've ever been. And the fact that we're peaking at this point in the season, it couldn't set us up for a greater a greater return um, in these next few weeks, and then headed into the playoffs. So. Um, just a, a couple of key things I've seen um, outside of, you know, with our defense, just we just seen individual play after individual play. Obviously, it was a team, you know, a great team defense, but just the plays from Brandon Stevens, like it was just a, the, the tip drill that we that we did multiple times, like mm-hmm. the stuff that you practice every week. It don't always come to you in the games, but you, you practice, you prepare for it. Stevens was just on point. I mean, it's just it's just good instincts and you kind of seen um the you kind of see the uh like the adjustment he can make from being on the island one play 
and then come in the next play he's, he's on a blitz and he's able to react that quickly um to pit, to tip that ball to marlin and then kyle hamilton being kyle hamilton on a sore knee didn't disappoint as well and just the whole defense in general i just feel like it was just a hell of a hell of a hell of a team win um especially defensively and the fact that we were able to hold that high powered offense to 16 points that's just it's just something that i don't think any of us could have could have really drew up like i, I just didn't expect the dominant win just to run up into santa clara and like you said with mr grinch steal all the gifts right up from under the tree and just roll out like also one of the probably the, my favorite touchdown celebrations mm-hmm. of the year so far oh, hands down. Yeah. not only because of the creativity of it but the timing was just crazy because we know what mike florio said and we'll probably get into it and the fact that that was just skewed up in the, the 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 coordination i don't even know if isaiah likely was supposed to be there but the fact that they were both in sync that was crazy so that was just nice to put a little cherry on top of that but um yeah great game all sides of the ball Lamar, when he, he he took he took something very personal and it, it showed in his play. And same thing with the team. And this team's gonna go as far as Lamar takes them, but it's just good to know you can tell each and every person on that team, they all got his back and they showed up for that. And this is just hoping that we can kind of carry that forward. I have so many thoughts on this yeah. game. Um the first one is we see why Lamar got paid, why we brought in Todd Munkin, and why Mike McDonald is could potentially be gone next year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna start with the defense. Defense gave up 400 yards. All right. Probably about 140 to 160 were were garbage yards. I mean, in the heat of the game, San Francisco only moved the ball on us for the first quarter and a half. Um, and then we locked it down. Um, but while they didn't move the ball, we didn't break. Three interceptions in the first half, five for the game. Um, you can't say enough about this defense. I mean, this was the game where you could be the most nervous about what their offense could do. This number one offense in the league. Um, the yards per attempt is insane with like 10 yards an, an attempt. Um, they have guys that can break tackles. They have guys that have speed. They have a great tight end. They have the best running back in the league. Um, everything was set up for this defense to struggle. Um, but they stepped up. Props to Marlon. Marlon played great in the slot. Um, shout out to Jadavian Clowney, um, Kyle Vinoy. I mean, I think those two pickups, you know, I read today that Kyle Vanoy tied um, his single season career high in sacks with seven. This guy has never had seven sacks in a year, and he comes here in his 10th year career high. Jadavion Clowney is on his way to getting 10 sacks for the first time in his career. Hasn't been able to do it anywhere else, but in this defense, in this scheme with Mike McDonald, he's playing the best football he ever has at 32 years old. Um, I mean, you can't say it enough. Like, we see why Mike McDonald is such a hot candidate. Like, he has his defense playing lights out. Kyle Hamilton, honestly, should be a contender for defensive player of the year. I mean, this guy has defensive touchdowns, sacks, got 81 tackles, what, three or four picks this year. I mean, this guy 
10 tackles for loss. That was one thing I, I noticed when I was looking up stats after the game. Like 10 tackles for loss. He's insane in the run game, insane in coverage, insane in man coverage. Um, this guy's playing phenomenal. Um, but his defense has come together. I mean, all pro Brandon Stevens, he made big plays and he's been making big plays all year, not only in coverage, but in the run game. So it was great to see it all come together. Granted, our run defense has a lot to has left a lot to be desired, but overall, we saw playing the best team we'll play all year what this defense can do and how they can stand up to them. They give up 17 points. We don't count them safeties. They gave up 17 points, and one of those was a garbage touchdown. So when it mattered, this defense only gave up 10 points. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it says why why we brought in the people we did, what Mike McDonald can do. And then when we go to the offensive side of the ball, you know, one thing that we've talked about for a while now is Lamar's pitch count in the game. After Monday night, my opinion's changing. Lamar can throw as many times as he wants and we can win. I, I honestly I honestly think that. Um, I think we could win a game where he throws 20 times, 30 times, 40 times. I think if he is in control of the pace of the game, and the ball is in his hands, I think we can do whatever. I, I think this is the first game that I felt that way. We can throw the ball as much as we want because we've proven it now. I mean, we played the best team in the league. We threw the ball 35 times, 26 times in the first half, had the lead, and we were able to dictate and impose our will on the 49ers. So I, I, I credit Todd Munkin. He kind of went with, like, a strategy similar to what we said last week, like, get these guys in space, like, the 49ers show who they are. They missed a ton of tackles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we were able to do that. We were able to, you know, break tackles all game. Uh, the run game did struggle, um, you know, and, and the Gus Alvarez conversation, I think we need to have after the season's over. But um, overall, I like what we did. This, this creativity with the rotating of the linemen, it's working. I was so against it before, but it is working. Um, we did a great job overall blocking, um, and it's a far cry from the beginning of the year where Lamar got hit every every other play. Mm -hmm. So overall, like we saw why everybody was brought here in the offseason. We're seeing this team start to peak. We're starting to get into that mode where we can make that run. So um, this game was a combination of that. And, uh, you know, I have I have no qualms. I mean, you know, I'm at my man Odell and get a couple more yards so I can you know, win $2,000, but you know, right. overall, we played Need ball. 22, 22 more yards, man. 22 22. Yards. I we had everything ball. else. We, we played ball. I love the use of the running backs in the past game. I thought that was man. such a great, yeah. such a huge thing. Gus um, play again. That Gus uh, play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That same play you saw against the, what was that, the, the Seahawks or the Lions? Yeah, I think yeah. it was the Lions game, I think. They yeah. went back to it, but this time they drew it up. Yep. Yeah. So that dump off was was there. So great game overall. You know, big shout out to the coaching staff. I know we give them hell all the time, minus Mike McDonald. But um, yeah, great great win overall. Yeah, like you guys were talking about that that Gus play. Uh, they said after that game, uh, after that play in the Lions game, uh, Gus and both Lamar said that wasn't even that what that wasn't drawn up that way. Gus was just kind of like supposed to be in the block, and no one else was open. So he just like, all right, I'll just. You know, go in the check down. He was wide open, so it sounded like to me like Munkin was like, "I like it." And he just kind of, I think he kind of pent like wrote that. We got to make sure we uh, 
you know um yeah so it's uh i think it's um you know ronnie stanley i think they said he had zero pressure zero pressures given up too when he was in the game so he had he played his best game on the o-line uh they talked about how monkey did a phenomenal job kind of eliminating bolster from the game um in the pass rush pretty much uh, they've done that pretty good like you look they did the same thing against aaron donald uh they uh, give Munkin a lot of credit he kind of identifies who they need to kind of slow down and right. say well we'll let everybody else you know if everybody else beats us then fine but i think that you know they rely on lamar and we've seen now i think the last couple few weeks that lamar jackson is now starting to like all right i'm going to take off now like he's not going he's not sitting back there just waiting for the play downfield like that play where, like I said, we, they're backed up to the 49ers logo and he takes off for 35, 30, 35 yards to get him into the 10-yard line. That was clutch. That was clutch. Like you guys said, he's been running. It's not – people have been saying, like, it appears like, oh, is Lamar – is Lamar uh, – um, is he hurt? Or, you know, is the ankle injuries and the knee injuries that really affected his legs? Like, no, Lamar – they said Lamar is being more conscious now about how he runs because – He's, he's running because he's making sure I can get down, eyeing the field, going down in a safe space, and making sure I don't, you know, hurt myself. Because you saw what happened to Keaton Mitchell. We talked about that with last week. You're running that fast. Anytime somebody trips you up or whatever and you land back on that leg or something happens, it's easy to sprain or something on that ankle because of how fast you're running. And Lamar is, like, doing a good job of, like, you know, like be doing like like if you're driving manual, right? He's going into the first gear, he's going to the second gear, bringing it down to first. Like he's knowing when he can take off and when he can accelerate and when he needs to slow down and kind of you know uh, get down and be safe about it. So uh, just smart football on all, I think, from the Ravens' offense. Um, and look, I said this several weeks ago about the 49ers, about the the, the Kyle Shanahan offense, right? And the fact that while it's good it's been effective for for a lot of years even under even with jimmy garoppolo at quarterback it just it felt like they once the ravens once once mike mcdonald figured them out there was no adjusting that was it like they didn't they weren't trying to put any more wrinkles in there the ravens did a really good job of keeping debo pretty much out of the out of the game like he he was kind of he was maybe it made a catch or two but he didn't really affect the game much you know even in the backfield um Mike McDonald uh, I think we all said it he was the X factor for this game and if Mike McDonald can he's gonna have to scheme his ass off and he did give him all I love that that energy you saw at the end of the game when Marcus Williams when Marcus Williams gets the uh gets the interception and Mike McDonald gets like go start like they dabbing up everybody like everybody's excited because they've all heard it all week right you said Mike Florio Mad Dog Russo and all the other ones and you know, I, I love Lamar going into the tunnel with the camera on him. I think it was Sunday Night Football camera. And Mike he was like, who's that, Mike Flores? Who's his name? Mike Flores, is that name? <laughs> who's this dude talking about me real quick? And then he went to the podium. He was like, nah, I quit. Like, you can tell, like, you, Lamar and the Ravens listen to the, the talk that, you know, the talking heads say about them. But they don't let it affect their play. They're like, you know, we're going to go out there and just play ball, and we'll talk afterward. You know, we're not going to sit here and you know cry after we hear about it the next day on a pod or something and you know i don't like what they said about us before like the ravens go out win the football game and then we'll talk after like they went out there everybody i mean of course i think it was one 
maybe Jimmy Johnson, I think, on Fox when they before I switched over to Sunday Night Football, had picked the Ravens um, to win the football game. But everybody, Sunday Night Football, ESPN, every show you saw had picked the Ravens to lose this football game. And they didn't, no one said it was going to be close. Everybody was like, nah, it's, it's going to be, they're going to handle them. No way the Ravens can do this, do that. And look, I saw some 49er fans on Twitter and stuff, right? And they were going off about, well, Lamar, you know, he's a running quarterback. So he's, of course, he's not going to throw interceptions. Like, well, the quarterback that's supposed to be a quarterback threw four picks. So what about that? The running back quarterback, right, threw two touchdowns. He threw two touchdowns. Sam Darnold had to come in after Brock Purdy stinger and ran that next drive better than Brock Purdy did. He was like, mate, mate, touchdown. Like four, four plays, touchdown. I'm like, what was up? Look, Brock Purdy, I think, is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, right? I think Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. Uh, but he's played, what, 23 football games. He's played 23 games. Like, we got to stop crowning these guys in one first, second year that they're playing the league. You got to stop it. Okay? Lamar Jackson proved that he's he's in a different level than everybody else is. And he doesn't have to throw. And, and everybody's throwing out, throwing out the numbers right now, right? Oh, he only has 17 passing touchdowns. And, you know, he doesn't have all the passing yards and stuff like that. And that's for the stat watchers. But people, there have been football players that have been coming on these shows, and I'll give them credit, have said that if you're just box score watching, yeah, it doesn't look like Lamar's doing anything. But if you're watching the games, if you're actually watching with your eyes what Lamar is doing on the field, then you're like, oh, this guy is definitely the most important player of this team. Because there's no way if Latala Huntley or even what's his Malik uh, Cunningham is quarterback for this team that the Ravens are even in this position at this point. And remind, remember, remember, we remember the last two years before when before Lamar got hurt, the Ravens were at you know eight and one, seven and one, whatever they were at the same spot before Lamar gets injured. So Lamar has been that guy, right? They've been trying to move, put everybody else ahead of him as much as they possibly could. They've been trying to put everybody else ahead of him. And Brock Purdy, uh, look, I, I, there was that one play, I think, at, towards the end of the game where Brock Purdy threw it over his shoulder. He was getting sacked. And he just kind of threw it over his shoulder because of Caffrey. I was like, man, if Lamar can do it, I'm, I got, what, the way I'm playing ain't working, so I got to do what something Lamar does. Um, but yeah, I think look, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, forget the numbers and stuff, right? It's, it's about the what they're doing on the field. You know, if we're looking at stats and stuff, I'm like, okay, then there's gonna be a player, there's gonna be a quarterback on a bad team that's gonna that's gonna win the MVP just because they throw for more yards. You right. know, like Dak Prescott for years or the Cowboys, right? Like, like even last year, the last two years, how many times did he pad stats and games throwing 400 yards? three touchdowns and they still lose by six because they were down by 21 in the fourth quarter like yeah of course if you're looking at box score it looks oh yeah he's doing like that but if you're watching the game like oh that's 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 garbage stats he's not doing it at critical moments and lamar is 20 and one now against the nfc 20 and one i don't know any other active or quarterback that's retired that has a record like that right now a 20 and one record against an entire conference. Maybe outside of Tom Brady against like a few teams in the AFC East, maybe <laughs> when Tom Brady was at his dominance with the Patriots, I think he may have had a record like that against like AFC East opponents, but I don't have it against an entire conference 20 and one. That, that's insane. It's insane. So, I mean, look, the Ravens go in there and they handle business. Um, 
Look, I, I, I just look. It's there. We said that that the Ravens' offense was going to get physical, and they did. They got physical. They did. They were they were stiff arming guys. They are blocking guys downfield. O line did a phenomenal job. Um, yeah. Um, I think that's <laughs> no much more to say. I think for the Ravens, the Ravens, Ravens game. I mean, it's the number the, one seed. The Ravens kicked the shit out of the Niners. They did. R.I.P. to the Niners. It, it, it's it's. I, I love. I did all like on speak that they brought in a Raven to just kind of you know sit there. <laughs> Oh um, yeah, and Squawk had the, the whole time too. Yeah, he was he was chirping the whole time, and then when I think when they started talking about uh, Lamar or something, and uh, he um, he got on the table, whatever, took somebody's highlighter. <laughs> it's a good problem. Yeah, it was. But now look, even to the, even today, people are still saying, uh, "Well, I, I don't trust Lamar in the playoffs." Well, I don't I don't think he's going to do well in the play. The goalposts, the goalposts keep moving, right? And then Shannon Sharp came on Monday, and of course, and you know what he did was he he basically said on on uh, first take he was like, well, you know, we got to see Lamar play from behind, right? We got to see, you know, can Lamar really bring this team from, you know, if they're behind by fourteen points, can he really like really like come on, man, come on, we got to keep moving the goalposts here. Yeah, and, uh, in regards to the MVP talk, and you know, we we the 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 way they're talking about Pat Mahomes right now, they're crying. I mean, if Pat Mahomes were to walk in the NFL Network or ESPN, everybody would just get like cradle him like a baby right now. It's okay, it's okay, Pat. It's not your fault. It's not your fault, Pat. You know, it's it's Valdez Scantling. You know, it's Kadarius Tony. I didn't see any of those tears when Lamar. You know, week week eight when we played the Steelers, everybody dropping those passes. Still Lamar's fault. Lamar wins the MVP in 2019. Willie Sneed is his number one wide receiver. Yep. Look, look, look at this year. Look what Lamar is doing in this in his MVP campaign without Mark Andrews. I mean, Mark without Andrews. Mark Andrews Mark and Andrews. his starting running back, J.K. Dobbins. His two best running backs are hurt. Mark Andrews is hurt. Mark Andrews is gone. His number one target, pretty much. And and like Travis said last been. week, Odell is he's he's good, but he's not. You know, being worth his eighteen know. million dollars, <laughs> yeah. he's getting Nelson Aguilar in the end zone against top defense. Right, I mean, he's making Nelson a, a top, like a number two wide receiver in the NFL right now. Like, he, like yeah. Nelson has been doing numbers with Lamar. So unless I'm, we we got to stop this. I think Lamar, what they're afraid of is Lamar changing the narrative of what a quarterback is in the NFL. That you don't have to be. We've been so used to the Tom Brady numbers and the Peyton Manning numbers, Drew Brees, right? Everybody's throwing 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns, and that's what we're expecting out of these quarterbacks. But we're seeing what it really means to have a team atmosphere, right? It's not on anybody, really one person. Yes, Lamar is, you know, as they say, the star, the straw that stirs the drink or whatever, but they still rely on likely to get these yards after they catch. They're relying on Zay Flowers. They're relying on the O-line blocking Gus Edwards. Um, Nelson, Ag- like, they were the defense giving them short fields. That's another part of this, too. How many times this defense and special teams now the last few weeks, given the Ravens having them start at either the, the 50 or the opponent's 40-yard 40 yard line? So, of course, he's not going to throw for that many yards because they're starting on their side of the field. So, I'm like, that's part of this, too. This is this is when you don't build a team around one player, right? When you build a complete team. They brought in Mike McDonald to coach this defense. Who look? 
they bet look i don't know what the d i don't know what the what the rules are for paying paying coaches and assistant coaches and stuff but if the plan is like look man harbaugh's gonna leave in like three years we're gonna pay you we're gonna make you the highest paid assistant head coach and you're gonna be the head coach and waiting this is your job when harbaugh leaves in the next three years if that's the plan i'm with it they gotta do what they can to keep this man here I know assistant coaches leave. That's what happens. Ravens have gone through it year after year, but we haven't had a, a DC like this in a long time. I think that's why we. I think that's partly why we need to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, so now, especially now. Yeah, I feel like Harbaugh will be, you know, it'll ready be ready to hang it up, walk away. Yeah, had you know, just ride off in the sunset, opposed to coming up short, knowing that, you know, he didn't have that opportunity. So I mean, I, I hope it plays out that way, but. You know, by all means, I I think losing Mike McDonald they would be a a major hit. I think we got to figure that out somehow, one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another another thing is Mike McDonald may pull a Ben Johnson. You know, Ben Johnson was the hot coaching candidate last year, and he was like, "I'm not going to any of these little crazy franchises like the Commanders or the Panthers." He might just stay another year. Um, but there's a lot to figure out there because I mean, if he does take over the team. Um, if Harbaugh does go into the sunset, we win a Super Bowl. There's a lot of decisions to make in the offseason, so I think all that can factor it. But we got to throw the pocketbook at him or whatever Bashad yeah. has. They got to they got, they try to keep him here. Uh, I think he said he's a young guy. I think he likes his defense and the players that are around there. And um, look, there have been a lot of great Harbaugh hires or Harbaugh connections, you know, hires, but this, is, this has been pretty good. And all in all, we like I said we've had our issues with Munkin from time to time, but it feels like look, there's been a lot of changes in this offense, right? Mark Andrews goes down, J.K. Dobbins gets hurt week one, then Keith Mitchell gets hurt last week. So I mean, there's been a lot of changes in this offense, and they've had to do some shuffling. Stanley's not playing well, Moses. Like I said, the shuffling of the old line. So there's been a I give them a lot, give Munkin and the assistant coaches on offense a lot of credit. There's been a lot of moving parts, and they've been able to keep things afloat. So I give them a lot of credit there. So. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to uh, some week 16 news. Um, so the Steelers beat up on the Bengals on that Saturday night game. Um, Steelers still, I don't think they're playoff. I mean, they might make the playoffs, but um, Pickens had a phenomenal game. He had what was it 197 yards, two touchdowns, something like that. A lot of goddamn um, yards. But that, but that's what that's what Pickens does, right? He has like there's games where he goes missing, and then he has a game like this. He had another one like this earlier in the year, where he had like 150 yards and two touchdowns, and then the next six games, nothing. So it's 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 he's he's like the new I don't know if he's I guess he's like the new Mike Wallace for them. He's a home run hit. He could be a home run hitter, but it's not like he's catching. He's not getting he's not getting the targets, or he's not getting the catches week in and week out. Like he's not getting the 10 or 11, 12 targets that he needs to get each week. They're still giving out to Deontay Johnson. So yeah. um, they showed up for Tomlin after all the talk this past week and the Pickens talking about he didn't want to block downfield, you know, for Jalen Warren and stuff. And, you know, um, I, I don't think it fixed the issues that Steelers have in that locker room. I think that was more of a, a rivalry game, you know, against the Bengals and, you know, trying to stick up for Tomlin. But I still think there's some issues going on in that Steelers locker room. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're gonna need a new quarterback um at at some point. And I think um the fact that uh 
Russell Wilson just got benched pretty much for the rest of the season. Uh, still better be looking over there, maybe to possibly make get something done. Because I mean, yeah, please bring Russ. Please bring Russ to the AFC North. I'd love it. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take it all day. But at the same time, it's like you just, you just never know a Russ, man. Like yeah. he could, he could fall into a system where you know, it, it'll, it'll be like he was at in Seattle again. You just, you just never know. And um, you know, the Steelers they will have an OC next year. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Right. Because you know, they, they had to fire the OC, so that's a part of the issues that you know that they're having now. I mean, they fired a horrible OC, but like they, they don't have nothing. It's not like they have anything better right now until, until next year. So. That combined with the QB situation, you know, it is what it is. But the fact that they're still, you know, winning games with all that being said, it's like, you know, no matter what, hopefully we will win next week and that last game don't matter. matter. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's still the Steelers and just for whatever reason, they just refuse to just lay down and die. Um, like roaches. Yeah, I, I, I would I hope that, you know, we wouldn't have to do too much in that, in that last week but you know that'll that'll depend on the, this Dolphins game coming up yeah the Steelers I mean the AFC North you know is filled with some with some teams you know I know we I know we joke on them and I know we we talk about their quarterback situation but you know any given Sunday these AFC North teams can win win ball games um and I I, I was actually thinking about that too Trey about like you know they can be looking off season at Russell Wilson because that whole situation opens up a, a floodgate for a lot of teams, um, even the Browns. Um, but you know I think the Steelers they're in a good position to sneak in there as a lot of other teams because the playoff picture is crowded. But Very. Um, Very. you know I think I think in relation to us I think that last game isn't going to matter too much. It's probably depending on what happens this Sunday. Um, it'll be a rest game for the team, um, so we'll see. We'll Man, see. Right, right now it's like it's still only like three teams that are locked in for the playoffs right now. Yeah, I was looking at it. They right clinched like officially. Started. Like it's a lot of six loss, seven loss teams. Yeah. Like yeah. just sitting there stalemate. And in division, so, and right? This, so that's like depending on the who wins the division, they get the spot. Mm-hmm. So. And this is the crazy thing: if we beat the Dolphins. And the Bills win this weekend. The Bills and the Dolphins will essentially be playing for the number two seed in, in the, the last, last game week. of the season. Yeah, it's crazy. Love it. Great football. Um, the Lions. Shout out to the Lions, man. Thirty years. Won the AFC, NFC North. Thirty. I didn't realize it's been that long. Thirty years since they won the division. Yeah. When Thirty you, years. When you play in a division with with Aaron Rodgers and and Brett Favre. Yeah. And what was it? And Randy Obama, Moss and Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper. Yeah, it's, it's it's tough. And you're you're from an organization that historically is just, you know, they've just been kind of where they where they've been at. But the fact that they didn't win one with Stafford and Calvin Johnson during those years is crazy to me. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stafford left. We went and got him a Super Bowl. So it's yep, like, right. you know. So shout yeah, shout out to the Lions, man. The NFC North. Um, they made the yeah. playoffs because last year they just they they didn't make it last year, but they're in it now. Yeah, so we, thought, we definitely thought it was possible last year, and maybe even yeah. the year before that. Like they yeah. they were showing signs under Dan Campbell and everything, but yeah, they, they finally the run. Run. They didn't do it. It wasn't pretty this year though, by no stretch. Oh, no, 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 no. They, they definitely early. had their missteps for sure. They looked great early, but ever since they lost to us, 
It hasn't looked very good. Yeah, but they, they started yeah. giving the ball to Jameer Gibbs. They started getting the ball to Jameer Gibbs been going off. Yeah. I don't know why it took them so long. Well, yeah, they didn't see what we saw, apparently. Here they are. Um, Browns beat the Texans 36-22. Flacco does it again. <laughs> um, I don't know when this Flacco train's going to stop. When is he getting uh, drug tested? The script writers have really, like, they've, like, really. like They were really crazy this year. They were yeah. crazy. Like, they're drawing up some crazy time, um, crazy storylines. But and I'm, he still I'm, threw two picks in this game. He threw three touchdowns and two picks. Oh yeah, he's gonna throw those. You gonna do that? So 368 yards. So what's that five? What do you have? Like eight interceptions in three weeks or something? Like that? Yeah, been, and they've won, but they've won like they've won the last three games. Like it's, God, damn! Like, and they're still lot. winning. Like, well, I mean, look, the, I think C, it was a CJ Stroud hurt. He was hurt. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Texans have lost everybody at this point. They're, anybody, any shot they would have had in the playoffs is. Like it's gone. Now they, they've lost everybody to injury. So, um, but yeah. Um, I think who else? Oh, Dolphins beating the Cowboys. Also, um, Cowboys had one job. Mm-hmm. All I had to do it if they beat if they had beaten yeah. the Dolphins and we win if we if they had beaten the Dolphins and we beat we would have probably had the first we probably would have had first round like. Yeah. The, the next week, next week might, maybe wouldn't have mattered. To be honest with you, they were like, if we win, either we win against the Seals or we win against the Dolphins, we get number one seed. It wouldn't yeah. have mattered. They had one job. The, the Cowboys just cowboy can't win a away game against a good team. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear any more about the, these Cowboys and their expectations, man. They they got to prove it to me. Yeah, <laughs> they got to prove it. Every year it's the same same story. They do this stuff. They look good in the middle of the season. Everybody's like they Super Bowl favorites, and then they they find a way to just roll into this not roll. They just kind of stumble into the playoffs and then get knocked out in the first round. So and until they do something else, they got proved to me. Um, and then Raider. Oh yeah, let's talk about this real quick. The Raiders beating the Chiefs. Um, not a good look. It's, it's a, a problem game. in Kansas City. The Chiefs fans, they had, they had Brittany Mahomes and and, uh, and Taylor Swift up there holding each other and <laughs> just like because they're consoling each other because of what just happened. Uh, Travis Kelsey threw a fit on the sideline, threw his helmet. Andy Reid told the equipment manager, nah, he don't get his helmet back. And then Andy Reid kind of like shoulder bumps him whatever on the way to the field. But look, I think Travis, you mentioned this in preseason about Travis Kelsey. He throws these fits. He's been doing this yeah. for since he's since he's kind of been the guy. He's been throwing these little hissy fits uh all season, but they've been winning, so no, it's not never an issue. It's never an issue. He does it in does it in the game, and Andy Reid was like made it a point, like, nah, you don't throw your helmet and you know, all this I know I get it, you're angry and stuff, but you know, we're never not playing well right now. Um, Patrick Mahomes, uh, a couple was it a week after getting his old line some some uh, golf carts, <laughs> looked like he was about to take the keys away from him. <laughs> he was on the on the sideline with his coat. Patrick Mahomes is going through it right now. Yeah, you can tell mentally, he's going through it right now. Like he's not used to being in this position. Like he, after uh, he played the one game, I think his rookie year, that last game of the season. Since that. The Chiefs have been the team of destiny since since then. 
they've been in the AFC Championship game what five times. They've been to the Super Bowl three times. Was it no twice? They've been twice. Just twice. Yeah. Yeah, two times. Yeah. I, I think twice. Yeah. Think twice. They've they won the both times they've gone. So they they've won the Super Bowl. They they the, the darlings of the NFL. Travis Kelsey, Mahomes doing State Farm commercials now. Mahomes and my auto. You know, and, Andy uh, Reid's in it on it now. Like everything is all you know. Uh, gravy right now with the Kansas City Chiefs, except the fact that now Kadarius Tony, the same guys that helped them win the Super Bowl in February, Tony, Sky Moore, Valdez Scantling, now not trustworthy all of a sudden, dropping the ball. They show one one play where they had to call a timeout because I think it was either Sky Moore or Valdez. Somebody was, I think Pacheco was in the backfield. And then Sky Moore, Valdez Scantling comes over and stands next to him. And Pacheco and them are pointing at each other like, no, nah, you got to go over there. You got – and then Mahomes is like, 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 come on. Like, you guys don't even know where they're supposed to be on the field. Like, what's going on in these in these meeting rooms for the, for the game? Practice. What's happening right now? Is Mahomes doing too many commercials? I don't know because Mahomes yeah. don't look that great either. I he's mean, doing the is he is he filming the quarterback show right now? Is that was that's what's going on? Is he filming the quarterback show right now? Like, it, it feel I feel like this happens to a lot of good teams when they get too good, right? When they get really good and they get all the media attention, right? That that takes an effect. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey date, dating, whatever. Mahomes doing the State Farm commercials and filming the quarterback and. And all this other stuff going on and I'll give Bill Belichick and Tom Brady a lot of credit when Tom Brady and them were and the Patriots were doing their thing you didn't see a whole bunch of Brady commercials like that you maybe saw one maybe and it's usually in the offseason but you didn't see a lot of them doing all this extra stuff while they were playing like they kind of kept it we're just playing football that's kind of it when you start letting the, the cameras in and everything gets more involved like that you're doing the commercials and stuff you're not really focused on football it feels like the, all the outside noise is starting to catch up with you. Um, now, I will say, I don't like the slander coming at Mahomes. Everybody acting like he's just bad all of a sudden. Like, is, is Mahomes the problem? Is like, no, nah, it's this receiver suck. Like, we we can see it. Mahomes has been throwing the ball pretty well. The guys just can't catch the football. You got I'm guys good. lined up in the wrong place. They don't know what route they need to run. Yeah, and they don't have a right. But Pacheco is the run game, but. They need a real run game. They can't just gimmicky stuff. And whatever it is, they were trying to that rated with. Pacheco was trying to hand the ball off to Patrick to put Mahomes. Did you guys see that play where they fumbled? Where they fumbled the ball? Yeah, he was trying to snatch the ball. It was kind of like a re, the mesh like, thing, right? Yeah, it was the mesh. He, Mahomes was trying to pull the ball back out, and I think Pacheco. Uh, actually, I don't even think it really made it to Pacheco's chest. Like it, it kind of didn't, didn't make it to his arms. And yeah, I mean that looks all too familiar to us. But I mean, I, I I see the receivers like they definitely play a part in it. But Mahomes has been a little bit reckless at times as well. Because I've seen, and some of that could be contributed um, to you know what the receivers doing, whether they're running the wrong routes or whatever the case may be. But um, you you can tell how it all how it all kind of connected. He's losing trust in them, and he's kind of like his ability to to make some of these passes are being affected because yeah. he's not trusting guys to be in the spots they need him to be, and. Yeah, Travis Kelsey hasn't even really been excelling that well. I mean, he's been making plays here and there, but he, you know, he's Mahomes' number one target, and they can't even get on the same accord at the time. So I don't know what it is, but I'm enjoying it. 
I'll and Kelsey that. only has Kelsey only has two games over 100 yards receiving this season. That's so insane. You but know his last means? his last four games have been 67, 60, 69, and 26. They lost their offensive coordinator. They missed Ben. Uh, yeah, they missed Ben Benamy. Yeah. I mean, not only we're kind of seeing that he had probably a lot more influence than we thought, but he was a disciplinarian. Yeah, that too. You know, they weren't doing all this when he was there. He probably wasn't for it. So mm. I think that's a big chunk of it. Granted, the receivers are god awful, but when you miss when you're when you lose a guy like that that probably held this offense together through tough times through adversity. I think that plays a big part to it because, I mean, two weeks ago we saw Patrick Mahomes melt down more than we ever had before. Um, but overall, this team just needs an overhaul. I mean, from the offensive yeah. line, um, even to the play calling, because to be honest, I feel like Andy Reid's trying to call this like he has Tyreek Hill out there. I mean, at the end of the day, your <clears> best <throat> offensive weapon right now, when he's healthy, is Pacheco. Pacheco. Pacheco has been the best offensive player, the most consistent when he's been there um, and in the game. Um, it's not Kelsey right now. I mean, teams are triple teaming him, double teaming him because nobody trusts those wide receivers. They're out there with a JV wide receiver team. Um, so at, at this point, you know, Andy Reid needs to adjust because I think the play calling is kind of holding him back. He wants to have this high powered offense, but right now, you, you're in a position where you got to feed that running back. So, I think there is a lot of issues going on. I think it's, it's from a talent perspective in the wide receiver room. I think Mahomes is frustrated. They're lacking discipline. They're they're basically becoming unraveled before our eyes. And I think, you know, if they don't make the playoffs, you're going to see some major changes in Kansas City this offseason. Not saying, I'm not saying Andy Reid. I'm not saying Mahomes or anything like that. But some major changes with the rest of that team. So... No, uh, yeah, I definitely think um, you know they got a. I don't know if it's simplifying the, the offense or something like that for these guys. And like you said Mahomes using to be able to throw in those little pitch plays or his baseball throws and all that other stuff that he likes to do. And those guys just aren't capable of doing that, right? They don't have the same kind of connection that uh, he had with Tariq Hill and you know those and Juju. Like even look, even Juju, like Juju was a better wide receiver, I think, for them than you know these guys are currently right now. Um, no, it's this. It's they, a lot of people said this is their this is their Super Bowl hangover. It's been three years, three years too late, but it's they're finally their Super Bowl hangover right now. Um, so yeah, it's, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, let's move on to uh, preview: Ravens, Dolphins. Hear me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Still there. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, well, uh, uh, I think we're losing you now. He's, he's stuck. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. all the way. Oh, he's it just caught up. 
Can you hear us, Moss? Yeah, I think I think he dropped. He's dropping. Oh, there he is. <laughs> we, you're good now. Nope, no, you're not. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll just go ahead and get started on. Yeah, let's kick it off. All right. So, um, obviously, we have the Dolphins coming up in our non-flexed 1 p.m. New Year's Eve game. Um, I would love to have it flexed, but I actually looking back, I'm like, uh, I'm pretty cool with that because I don't want to be stressing over a uh, a late night game on New Year's Eve. I got too many plans going on that night, so that would have been real annoying for me. But um, but yeah, so as far as uh, as far as Sunday, I think um, I'm not sure what the status of. You know, I haven't looked at any injury reports, anything coming up for, for Miami. Um, I, I heard Waddle is going through uh, a high sprain ankle injury. I'm not sure if he's out or if he's going to be questionable for that game. But um, as far as defensively, uh, to be honest, after watching this team go against the 49ers on Monday night, it's like I'm almost not concerned about anybody else at this point. I think. If we play the brand of football that we play, that we're used to playing, um, if we play as physical as we played in a Niners game, it's probably going to do better dividends for us than against Miami. I mean, I don't, I don't see us blowing Miami out. Um, I didn't expect the score in the Niners game, but I don't expect us blowing them out. But I do expect us to, you know, pretty much have control of this whole game. I think the number one priority of this game, I mean, obviously, is going to be to re-kill because we just got to kind of, you know. We're gonna have to keep multiple guys on him at all times, and and if if Waddle is out, that'll that'll definitely be a help. If Waddle is is not playing in this game, but we got to keep a multiple guys on to rekill. But even more concerned for me, because um, that's the obvious answer. But I'm Ibrahim Moster. I mean, I think stopping the run in this game is going to be crucial because we're going to be playing him at home. They're going to try to run that ball on us, uh, especially if they're down a wide receiver in, the, in that case and if they can prove that they can maintain a run game then you know it could get ugly because Mostert you know not only is he um a phys- physical back but he's fast like once he catches the corner on you like he's out of there and we've seen this so many times in our defense where um whether it's up the middle one one week or it's it's guys bouncing to the outside in, a, in another week um, we, we've been very vulnerable in that. In that, so I think I think stopping the run game is going to be absolutely key. Obviously, we're going to have to keep tabs on on Tariq Hill, but the best way to manipulate that is is, is a pass rush. And I think if we keep that pressure on Tua to, to just eliminate you know those targets altogether, or to just to disrupt those targets altogether, I think we'll be in good shape. So defensively, I think if we can take care of business. I think we'll be fine. Um, offensive, uh, take care of those specific things that I just mentioned. I think we'll be fine. Um, I'm not really. Um, I do. I do want to make sure that we keep Marlon on the inside because I just think that just needs to be his new position going forward. He played great in that position the last week or so. And Niners game, that's where he needs to be. I feel like what we've seen, what we've seen from Marlon in that inside role, is that he's a playmaker. Um, in the inside role at this point in his career at this point like 
just the fact that he's just kind of always right there at the right time and making those plays, forcing that pick and also um, completing that pick in San Francisco was huge. I think we keep him in that slot role so he can kind of roam and, and make those plays on um, as well. Um, Kyle Hamilton, obviously, we expect the same from him, just playing a little bit of everything. I do want to see those guys on a lot of blitzes, some creative blitzes just to generate more pressure on Tua. I guess we'll see how the flow of the game is going and see if our edge rushes are getting to him. But if not, I want to Mike McDaniel to, to, to try to show us some creative ways of getting to the quarterback. Because once if we disrupt into it, I mean, the game is over, um, you know, that fast. And offensively, I expect us to do, you know, similar to what we did. I mean, if we don't need to throw the ball that many times, then that's fine, too. But obviously, Lamar showed us that, you know, if, if he's in control and and we're drawing, we're dialing it up the way we, we need to be, where he's just being able to hit multiple targets and we can kind of still keep him honest on the ground, then I, I think that's the game plan we run with. I'm not, um, I'm with you, Travis. Like, I'm not as concerned with him throwing the ball that many times, um, considering that, you know, Lamar's, it's not that we had, we don't know that what he's capable of, but I always thought, like, if we don't need to do it, then why are we doing it? But the fact that he just did what he did to the 49ers is like, do you. Whatever Lamar ball looks like in this game, I'm, I'm with that. Um, I would still like to see more production in our running backs because we didn't really do that well on the ground. Um, Keaton Mitchell being out does seem like we've kind of gotten a lot, a little bit more one dynamic as far as our run game. We did utilize the run, I would say, still efficiently to the point where we got the yards we needed when we needed them. But we would want to see a little bit more control of the offense, you know, going down on, on, on a long drive, just being able to run the ball a little bit more effectively. I don't want to have to have Lamar run just because our running backs aren't producing. I want him to do it because he wants to do it, um, not because he needs to do it. So, and, and then just continue to see production out of our receivers. I mean, I, I think we've been saying this every week now. I, I think we're pretty pleased with what we've seen out of Zay at this point we've been pl pretty pleased with what we've seen out of Odell Beckham um and Nelson Aguilar I, I think I think a lot still needs to be seen from uh, Rashad Bateman I mean we're still waiting for him to have a breakout game I thought maybe it could have been um in his Niners game but we're still waiting for that breakout game from Bateman and I think if he has it it's just going to throw so many defenses off guard because I'm pretty sure he's not even in you know I mean, they're obviously considering him on the field, but they're not drawing up any plays on defense to, to isolate, um, you know, or keep keep tabs on Bateman. If he steps up, that'll just make us even more dynamic offensively. So, um, you know, a lot of key points there, but I, I do think winning the game is simple. I think we just got to keep pressure on Tua, get him rattled, just like we've pretty much done the last three quarterbacks we faced with Trevor Lawrence and Brock Purdy. And, you know, with Tua, we just need to do the same thing. Once, once, once we read them in the pocket and make them one-dimensional, like we, like we've been doing, I think we'll be fine in this game. Um, but it is not going to be a walk in the park. I don't want us to walk in there because we just dominated the 49ers thinking that there's just going to be a breeze. Because I, I don't think this game is going to be a breeze. I think it has the potential to be, but I don't think that's the attitude they want to have walking into this game because, um, you know, they're only you know couple big plays away. You only need about two or three big plays in a game, if that, to. To, to win it so they have a big playmaker on that side and you know we we got some big big responsibilities um especially in the secondary but i think we can help ease some of that with our 
with our pass rush. Hopefully they'll show up again. So yeah, I mean, lot 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 of keys to the game. But I think if you do most of that, even if they don't get all of that done, if you do most of it, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I got the injury report for you. So um, who didn't practice today for the Dolphins? Um, Tua, um, Devin Achaney, the running back. Yep. Teron Armstead, Robbie Chosen, Tyreek Hill, Robert Hunt, Raheem Mostert, Jalen Waddle. Um, so nobody. <laughs> and then the people that were limited were Javon Holland, Xavier Howard, Austin Jackson, um, and a couple other people. But they had a lot of people out of practice. Um, they're banged up. They're banged up. I mean, as for us, I mean, the people that missed practice that are probably concerning Actually, the three people are Zay, Miss Practice, Kyle Hamilton, and Kevin Zeitler. But, I mean, from my understanding, Harbaugh was kind of hushed on it today, but I think they're anticipating him playing on Sunday. Um, outside of that, everybody just kind of has some rest days, some veteran rest days. So, um, Miami looks a little banged up right now. Um, the thing about Miami is they, are, they, have, they have so much speed on both sides of the ball. But they're not physical. I mean, Rohi Mustard is it has some physicality to his game, but overall they're not physical. So you're 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 going speed versus physicality um, in this game. So I think defensively, um, depending on what these injuries look like, <laughs> um, I think of course, like you said, the priority is Tyreek Hill, not letting him get behind you. But I think the other thing is, you know, rattle to a. They're going to try to get too comfortable early. I anticipate early on we're going to see the bubbles, the quick screens. We're going to see the slants. Um, and I think the <laughs> I think the um, I think the game plan has to be to jump on those quick throws and to be able to prevent that. So I think uh, I think we have to really just capitalize there and make sure we're you know making tackles, not letting them get any yak and. Um, you know, make sure we stop that early. And I think as the game goes on, we'll have more opportunity to rush the passer and rattle Tua. Because one thing Tua can do is turn over the ball. I mean, he's up there with Lamar, maybe a little bit more as far as fumbles. He's thrown 10 picks this season. And, I mean, he has a weak arm. It's not like he's going to throw that, throw the ball down the field efficiently and with strength. So, I mean, if we get him back in that pocket and we rush him, um, he doesn't have the strength to make a lot of throws under pressure. So um, I think our game plan really just has to be to neutralize them early. Don't let them get a lot of yak. Contain Tariq Hill. And then get the Tua. Rattle him. Um, same concern as you with the run game. I mean, their run game is, I think, what, top three in the league. Um, and it's, it's, it's so much speed, both running backs. Uh, I think we have to set the edge. This is oh, this is this is an OA Hamilton game. I mean, if Hamilton plays, this is an OA Hamilton game. Set that edge, make the tackles, um, and make sure we don't let these guys get outside or gash us. I think that's the name of the game. This isn't a this isn't a team to take lightly at all. I mean, they're they're the number two seed right now, so I don't think we would take them like lightly. But we have to really be stout. We have to really make tackles. We we can't afford to give up big plays because the thing about this team is once they get up, that confidence is there and they really start to uh, put their foot on your throat. So I think we just have to neutralize them early defensively. Um, offensively, 
they're stout against the run, but they have been gashed a lot, especially by Carolina. Um, so I think what we can do is really set the tone with the physical run game because I don't think they've been, you know, paused but smacked in the mouth, um, you know, this season. So I think if we enforce our will on them, um, pound the ball with Gus, mix it up with some, with some other runs outside with Justice Hill, I think we can definitely control the pace of the game early and then take our shots downfield. Um, they're, they're not – horrible against the pass, but they're not great. And they're missing their starting safety, Javon Holland. And he hasn't been healthy all season. So I think there's some there's some things we can take advantage of offensively. I think the biggest thing for us is to be aggressive offensively. Because this isn't a defense that they don't force turnovers. That's their biggest weakness. They don't force turnovers. They don't have playmakers. They're a bunch of solid guys. They're just stout. So I think take our chances. Um be aggressive, and then let our defense handle the rest. Uh, I don't think this is a game where we have to show up and show out. I think this is a game where we just have to control the pace, manage the game, and get up out of there. Because I think if we neutralize them early, we get points on the board early, the offense is going to fold. They're not a team that's mentally tough enough, especially in a cold environment, where they're going to really you know, challenge us um, once we get up. So... I think the keys; those are the keys to the game. I mean, we just got to out-physical them. They're not tough. We are. Uh, I think it's that simple. Yeah. I mean, the weather for Sunday is going to be 49 degrees. Uh, again, that weird stat, too, has not won a game where it's been under 55 degrees. <laughs> um, yeah, that, it's a wild stat, but it's real. <laughs> he has not won a game when it's under 55 degrees, so it's going to be 49. Wind is not going to be a real big issue. It's going to be sunny. Um, pull this, uh, Corey said earlier in the show, um, Ravens have outscored division leaders 92 to 37. So this is what the Ravens have been doing all season, right? Every, every division leader that they have or number one team that they have come, come against, they've embarrassed. Like they've gone at them like, nah, we're the, we're the team. I don't care what anybody else says. We're the team. And then they're playing at home on top of that. And you already know the bank's going to be crazy. You know the bank's going to be crazy because this could potentially get the number one seed. The road goes through Baltimore. Um, I can't remember the last time the Ravens have had a number one seed. Was it 2014? Didn't we have a... Uh, was it the 2019 year? Was it 2019? Yeah. We had number one seed, right? 2019. Uh, it had to be because we were like 14 and 14, 14 and 3 or something like that. Yeah. yeah, we did have number one seed that year. Yeah, yeah, we got yeah. knocked. We got knocked out the first, first round, round, but um, well, divisional <laughs> round, divisional round because the to the Titans. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's um, I, I will say, I think what I said for the last game for this for the 49ers, this is definitely that game where time possession has to take. You cannot go speed for speed with this team. They're just too fast. They are. They're just way too fast. Uh, HN and most most are, you know, if they they hit that hit that crease on the outside, then it's it's a it's a wrap. Like we don't have a lot. If, if Malt if Mal, if Malette's out there trying to chase dudes, nah. I, I honestly feel like the the secondary lineup they had for the 49ers game they needed to have for this game. You have Ronald Darby, you got Rocky Sin, I think was out there. Uh, Marlin in the slot. I think that's the formula going forward. That's what they need to have for this game. Um, yeah, like you said, 
I was just looking at the two. He has 13 fumbles this season already. 13 does not hold on to the football. Um, and look, if the Ravens can do what they did, it, you saw they knocked the Ravens were able to knock out three tackles from that game against the 49ers. They took Trent Williams out and his backup, and they took out the right tackle. Like <laughs> they they were they were trying to pick up guys off the street trying to play off as a line after after a while. Um so I'm like the Ravens where they play defense right now with how physical they are against the especially where they were against the 49ers. And look, I, I think again, I think Roquan, I know we talk about Kyle Hamilton, but I think because you know Roquan is silent assassin kind of thing where he does the pregame speech and everything else, but uh on the field he kind of gets lost in the sauce because everybody's so focused on what Hamilton's doing and what you know Brandon Stevens is doing, Clowney is doing, Matabike is doing that Roquan does all the dirty work there's a lot of the dirty work but he gets this the attitude for this team it has translated on both sides of the ball offense and defense the physical nature they need to be and they're like like you said travis the one thing that beats speed is physicality that's the one thing that beats speed you hit them in the mouth enough times they ain't gonna be running those routes like they're gonna be running they're gonna be running a lot of those routes like they got a but they did against against the i think it was the chargers that chargers game when they hit herbert and they hit a couple of those guys like it's just hit them Go ahead and hit him. And for the love of God, Marlon Humphrey, if you have a chance to hit somebody, just wrap up, man. Please. Just, just tackle. He had two opportunities in that 49ers game. Two. Where if he just does the wrap-up tackle, he drives that dude into the ground. Like, and everybody's going, ooh. And it's like, that Debo hit would have been... That Debo hit would have been like, all right, let's leave the field. Game's over. Yeah. If he had yeah. taken, De- if he had knocked Debo out on that for and that hit when he hit him, and then rather, that'd have been, that'd that'd been like, nah, man. That'd been like the end, like like and one. I'd be like and one, man. Like you just get dunked, you got dunked on, like you got to leave the court. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> if he hit like that, that's the kind of, like that they're gonna. I feel like, but the Ravens, I think, have done a good job of making statements in all these games now. That um, I didn't see the coin toss. Did the Ravens defer to the second half? Or did they actually receive? They took the they took the order of the 49ers to win the toss and they deferred. Yeah, I don't recall. Sure. I think I'm not sure if the Ravens oh, we, would have, we would have had the we would have had the pick. I think I well, think we received. We got I, the ball the first half. We got the yeah, ball. I think, the ball the I think the Niners just won the toss. They won the toss and deferred. Okay. Yeah. Um the yeah, so I mean look, I, I, I again I I like that formula going forward. Like the Ravens just take take the ball, man. Get that offense on the field first. Get that offense on the field first. You know what your defense can do. You don't need to like, oh, with how fast the Dolphins are, you don't need them to get off to a quick start. Okay? Because you could catch the defense slipping on the first drive every now and then. It could happen. It does happen. But I'd rather get our offense in rhythm before their offense gets in rhythm. Okay? If we go down and score a touchdown, then our defense gets a little more ammo, more juice going out there on the field. And it's like, all right, let's go do it. You know? Um... Yeah, I'm, it's going to be a good game, I think. But I think the Ravens, look, playing the, after playing the 49ers, arguably the best other best team in football. I don't – I mean, the, the Dolphins barely – who did they play last week? Who did they play? Cowboys. Who did the Cowboys they played? Yeah. And they, yeah. I mean, I'm not sorry, not last week, the week before that. They lost – they had a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter to the Tennessee Titans, and they lost that game. Hell, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I – the Tennessee came up in there into Miami and beat them. Like, this is a team that can be had, right? And I think that 
again, I just uh, the coach, the players, like you said, I don't think these guys are just the, the, that toughness aspect of um, that toughness aspect is just going to transit over to this week. Like, I think, look, I think if it had been in Miami, it may, it may have been a different story if it was in Miami. But it's in Baltimore. It's going to be the crowd's going to be crazy. The Ravens fans are like starting to smell it now. Like, not only do we Lamar win his second MVP, you know, of his of his young career. You know, within five years now, Lamar could win two MVPs, um, but possibly also a Super Bowl um, because Lamar hasn't been talking anything about MVP. Lamar, you've seen the press conferences and stuff. Lamar's locked in. Lamar and his team are locked in. They're not worried about the, the awards and all that other stuff. They're like, we're trying to win a chip. We're trying to win a championship this year. You can feel it right now. So, um, Corey did say, you know, what did y'all think about Richard Sermon's take on Lamar and the MVP race? Um, I did watch a clip of that in the afternoon around my lunch break and um Richard Sermon's a hater it is what it is man he's, he's delusional yeah, yeah. He's, he, he, he's like oh he doesn't have the stats and I was like dude and even Keyshawn was like it's not about the stats man it's about the eye test what made you think that he's like if, if Brock Purdy is still your MVP and I don't know if Richard Sermon's just trying to get on trying to get on the staff if Richard Sermon's just trying to get a deal with the local broadcast or something with the 49ers or whatever for his gig um, but even Keyshawn was like, look, look, Brock Purdy is clearly a system as a system quarterback. He relies on the yak yardage for for Kittle, for Brandon Ayuk, for Chris McCaffrey. He's not he's not throwing downfield like these. He's relying on these guys to make them. Lamar, on the other hand, is making these plays happen. He's making the stuff. Happen. He's like, when you look at Lamar play, Purdy ain't doing that. He's not. Yeah. And here's and they and I think Keyshawn brought up a great a great point too. Um when people were like, well, Purdy got the ball knocked down, you know, by you know, he uh, if you get the ball knocked down, you know, that, that just you know it's fluky stuff. It's called a fluke. It's a fluky, fluky play that just happened. But then Keyshawn brought up a great point. He was like, Wasn't Fred Warner on the field? Wasn't Chase Young on the field? Nick Bosa? Like, you got all these elite players on defense. Lamar played was going against that defense like Purdy was going against the Ravens defense. And Lamar was able to throw two touchdowns and no picks and no, no fumbles. He didn't turn the ball over. So what's the excuse? What's the, y- y'all, Fred Warner was health, healthy, if, I, if I'm correct, right? <laughs> like, he, y'all were healthy on defense. He played that, oh, that top, y'all, the Ravens and the 49ers have been going back and forth all season about who's the best defense. Lamar played that defense and showed out. Brock Purdy played that defense four picks. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't. <laughs> Oh, do you freeze? Purdy, kind of, sorta. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're back now. About you know Purdy, I don't hear anything about deep. Lamar played a good defense. Played a great defense. <laughs> so you going in and out, man? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, hear me, see me. Yeah, okay, yeah. you know. Yeah. You're back now. Before I before Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean you you can see what it is with Purdy just by um you know, look look what happens when when, some, when one of his key players goes down. I mean, the, the truth is shown just off of, off of that alone. I mean, Lamar unfortunately has had to deal with players, key players going down, 
his whole career and he never missed a beat he just he was just expected to overcome it and even the games that he lost they spoke they spoke about him as if it never happened like as if these injuries never existed and that's what's the frustrating part about it is that you want to keep this you want to judge Lamar on the standard that's higher than any other player in the league um, and also, you want to still do that even when he's missing key players. And then when he's winning games, you want to discredit that he's worthy of an MVP. Like, you have to take your pick. It can't be all of the above. What's it going to be? I mean, look, look at the games, watch the games. You, you can kind of see what it is. I think at this point, the, the people who are saying that he's not the MVP, they're just not fans of Lamar in general. I don't think it has nothing to do with his play, what he's accomplishing out there, because to me, is very obvious and not even just being a homer i think if i was a fan of any team in the league i would be a fan of of lamar and what he's been doing because nobody else has done it ever before so it is what it is i think you know especially analysts and these guys on tv a lot of them have agendas some of them are just kind of hard-nosed on what what they believe in and it is what it is it's okay i think in order for lamar to get the respect he deserves unfortunately he's just going to have to go to the hall of fame and, and then sit at the desk and be able to debate them themselves because uh, it's really nothing he can do. I think if he, if he, even if he wins the Super Bowl, goalpost is going to be moved. Uh, well, Patrick Mahomes got two two Super Bowls. Like, okay, now we're back on the Patrick Mahomes after a year like he's had. So it's really no pleasing him. I think at this point, you know, he's doing exactly what he should be doing, remaining locked in, um, blocking out all the noise, except when the noise is entertaining, like that Florio crap. That was that was that was fun. So I'm glad he, you know, he he he, he locked in on that game, but he was able, you know, he saved some time for Florio at the end of that. So I, I did enjoy that either way. But it is what it is. Yeah. And if the MVP is about all these stats like Sherman is claiming, then what is offensive player of the year for? Let's be honest. That's that's your stats category. That's your stats award. Yeah. Well, if you look at the actual game, you watch the film. You see who the best player on the field is, the most valuable player on the field is time and time again. All season, it's been Lamar Jackson. They're going to keep moving the goalposts. If he wins the MVP in the Super Bowl this year, then they're going to question, you know, if they're going to question in a couple of years, is he a Hall of Famer? Half the Hall of Fame doesn't have an MVP. Probably, no, not even half. Two, like 90% of the Hall MVP, of Fame. Yeah, I'll have two. Right. So it, this is this. It, they treat Lamar like Skip Bayless treats LeBron. That's how the media is. Um, they just are going to constantly crit- criticize him, ridicule him. There's nothing that he can do that's going to be enough for them. But he's just going to keep on winning because only Pat Mahomes has a has a better winning record than him. No other QB. But yet they treat him like yeah. he's a middle middle of the road QB. But he's just going to keep on racking up the wins. Lamar doesn't care. He has one goal, and that's to win the Super Bowl. And once he wins that, he wants to win another one. I mean, that's how this guy is built. So yeah. he ain't worried about it. I, I, I'm I'm going to keep riding for Lamar Paz, um, you know, because, you know, that's my QB. But um, there's nothing he's going to be able to do that can satisfy the media. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's – it's, it's clear that, you know, Lamar is changing the narrative of what a quarterback is in the NFL. Uh, I frankly, they, they still like that stand up, stay in the pocket quarterback that throws 40 times and 400 yards. That's the guy they like. They don't like this. Hybrid. He, he's he's the 
but the uh, the thing is, like he, all the quarterbacks you see now in the NFL and college football um, are going the Lamar route. Like as far as how they're playing, they're playing like Lamar does at this point. Like it's he's the new prototype. They don't want to talk about it. They don't like it, but he's a di- he's different. And I look, and I don't. I'm not going to say that there's going to be another Lamar. But Lamar is. When we look back on Lamar's career, I think he's going to be one of those like one of one players. Like there's going to there's a lot of guys that kind of emulate him and look maybe play like him as styles, kind of like him, but not quite Lamar Jackson. Like, yeah, the way he's been playing, like the, I just love the fact that he's been able able to evolve year after year. His game is just he's adding another, you know, tool to the tool chest. It seems like every off season, you know, from from his rookie year to now. And like, like that's what the scary part is for Lamar is in 2019 he was still raw at quarterback, was reading defenses, and blitz packages, and all that stuff, and he didn't have even have the right coordinator with Greg Roman to really do that. And he still won MVP, and now he could possibly be winning his next MVP now, and he's still not his best quarterback self as far as throwing the football. He can still get better, like we're throwing the, the accuracy deep down the field and that kind of stuff. We said, like, in the offseason, I'm pretty sure, once they he can get accurate, when they that deep ball gets accurate, oh, this is going to get real spooky real fast. Real spooky. If he can get accurate on those 50-yard, 60-yard bombs downfield, it's yep. nice. Lamar is going to be like, it's going to be like Michael Jordan was in his prime. Whereas, like, Michael Jordan could be the MVP every year if he wanted to be. But they just chose not to give it to him every year. <laughs> they had to give it to somebody else, right? Like everybody knew Michael Jordan in his prime could be the be the MVP every single season. And if Lamar just stays in his bag and stuff, you know, from here on out, he could he could legit be the MVP every year if he wanted to be. Yeah. You know. So um yeah, before we get out of here, uh scores. What we got? Oh boy. All right. We home at the bank. Just just laid up what 33 on mm-hmm. San Fran last week in Santa Clara. Man, I don't know if I'm gonna give us 33. I think, I think, I think I'm gonna give us 35. I think we're gonna score a couple more points. Um, I was going back and forth. I, at first, I had a much lower score, but you gave me the weather report, and I just feel like you know we're not gonna have anything holding us back in this game. I, I think we're gonna win 35, 35, 20. I don't think it's I, I think it's another blowout. I don't you know, I give him a little bit more credit than San Fran by a few points, but if we if we play the same game that we played against San Francisco, if we can play that good of a game, and to me I feel like in some element we play better every week in, in some way, shape, or form. The San Fran game is kinda like we put it all together. And we still weren't perfect. But we kind of put it all together, especially on defense as part of the turnovers and things like that. But I think if we can put it all together and do the same thing, I think, you know, it's going to be a similar game. So I'm going to say 35-20. Um, I think we control that game from start to finish. Man, this guy turning these scores. Um, <laughs> I'm around the same number for us. Um, I got us at 34-17. Um Miami's banged up, and it's gonna be cold. And we're, I think, we're coming into this with so much confidence, but good confidence. Um, I think 
we're just going to impose our will. We're just going to be so physical. They're not going to be able to keep up. Um, so I think this is an opportunity where, you know, we're just going to um, so now physical them. I think they're going to get a couple scores, but I don't think this is going to be a close game. I think we run the ball 200 yards rushing. I think Lamar has a solid day passing the ball. MV, second MVP on the way. So 34-17. Um, I said um, 32-19 Ravens. Um, yeah, 32-19. 32-19. I think that's a solid one. I think it's going to look – it's going to look at the 49ers game a little bit. That first half is going to be kind of close. And then the Ravens are going to pull away uh, towards the end because they're going to make adjustments. And I think the Dolphins just don't do a good job of doing that, of making adjustments. Um, and look, Mike McDonald, if, if you can scheme like that against Kyle Shanahan, you can scheme like that against anybody. Yeah. And I mean, and look, my and, and Mike McDaniel comes from that Kyle Shanahan tree. So I mean, he's running to pretty much the same offense. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not necessarily afraid of uh, them. So I, I think that the Ravens handle business, get number one seed. Um, I'm, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope Kyle Hamilton is okay. <laughs> There's no issues. I haven't heard anything. So I sound from. There's no M. It sounds like it's okay. They were on the plane, and Marlon did it. You know his his live stream and stuff on Instagram, and Kyle was in, you know, little chilling and stuff. So didn't appear to have like anything like ice or whatever on his knee or stuff like that. So um, if he if he plays as we, I'm calling that man Terminator from now on. Like, <laughs> it looks like they had a late press conference that started an hour ago, uh, right yeah. after it started. So we'll probably take a look at that later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully. Um, but from what they said, I think uh, um, after the game, Harbaugh said, because he talks to the trainers and stuff, and he, he said it doesn't appear to be anything serious with anybody. Zeitler, Zay, and Zay had the same issue last, this week, this past yeah. week, coming into the Niners game. He, he, didn't look, he, didn't look, yeah. he didn't look like he had an issue. <laughs> he didn't look like he had any issues. Um, but yeah. Um, so this will be our last show until the new year. Um, so happy new year to all the Ravens fans that watch this show, um, that subscribe to the show. Um, yeah, um, no, you're frozen, but we can hear you. Do you hear me? Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, happy new year to uh, to you guys as well, and everybody had a Merry Christmas. And hopefully the Ravens can give us a, they gave us a great Christmas gift. Maybe they can give us a great New Year's, going into New Year's gift. Number one seed had the road going through Baltimore for the playoffs. So if that's it, that's it from us. And we'll uh, catch you guys later. Peace. 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 <laughs> My man is still frozen. <laughs> Did it end or is it still going? Uh, it's still going. going. It'll be ended. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I just edited.